Coming up next on the Pod Wheels Network, you'll hear the Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. In this edition of the Highway to Hope podcast, we'll be talking about the COVID-19 vaccine and SCF's efforts to get professional drivers vaccinated. Here's a preview with Donna Kennedy, the executive director of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. In the past, St. Christopher Fund has worked with pharmacies to have flu shot clinics at different truck stops. And so the idea was, why couldn't we do that also with COVID-19? We decided we need to try to work with some groups and partner up with the different truck stops and ask them, like, do you have facilities? Do you have space available? What are the most visited sites? Maybe we get it there through the main thoroughfares where traffic is going and we can advertise there's going to be vaccine clinics here, here, and here. A couple different things where we're trying to go kind of higher level, like talk to the National Governors Association, to talk to the different state governors to say, hey, can you approve truckers to get it wherever? It's just a lot of moving parts. Hopefully we'll come together sooner rather than later. Welcome back to the Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Thanks for connecting with us once again here on the Pod Wheels Network. The SCF Highway to Hope podcast is dedicated to placing a spotlight on the important work being done every week of the year by the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. As we mentioned at the top, we are dedicating this edition of the podcast to provide you with a trucking perspective on what's happening with COVID-19 and the effort to get the country vaccinated. In our feature interview, you'll hear from SCF Executive Director Donna Kennedy, as well as Dr. John McElligot, the Medical Director and Owner of Occupational Health Systems, which is located in Knoxville, Tennessee. For those of you who are not familiar with the history of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, Dr. John is the co-founder of SCF. These days, Dr. John serves as a volunteer medical advisor for SCF. Before we hear our interview with Donna and Dr. John, we'll be taking you to the host of the Highway to Hope podcast, Shannon Courier. As our longtime listeners know, Shannon is the Director of Philanthropy and Development for SCF. As always, Shannon is joined on the podcast by Greg Thompson, who is the executive producer of the Podwheels Network. Shannon and all our guests on the podcast connected remotely to the Podwheels Network studios. Now let's hand it off to Shannon and Greg. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. Greg, I'm so excited to be back with you and talking about a heavy topic today, I'll just say, talking about COVID-19. I know I'm tired of hearing about it. I've Gosh, I'm tired of talking about it, but there's still important information that needs to be talked about. Shannon, you are so right. It is a different type of COVID fatigue. We're tired of talking about it, but at the same time, here we are. It's the beginning of March at least where you and I are, the birds are starting to sing. It's getting a little bit warmer. There is hope in the air because there's a vaccine that is getting a mass distribution. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. We are. We're going to be joined today by the SCF Executive Director, Donna Kennedy, and our co-founder and volunteer medical advisor, Dr. John McGilligan. And so we are going to hear from them. We're going to answer some of the COVID questions that people might have, what we know now, what's still changing. And Dr. John's going to share his experience with COVID with us as well. And during the interview, our listeners will hear you mention that you had COVID. When we talk about having COVID, there are a lot of different versions of it, but there are basically two extremes. There are folks that had very few issues with it. And then as we'll hear from Dr. John, he actually went into a coma. I mean, life-threatening stuff. And for you, you were on the other end of the spectrum. I was. My husband and I both had it, and so did our friend group. Our experience with it, mine especially, was very mild. I felt like I had a cold. I had two days of a really bad headache, and I did lose my taste and smell. But overall, I didn't feel bad at all. I felt completely normal. I just couldn't taste or smell anything. Now, that was very odd, very unusual. And I will say, a lot of people would stop eating when they can't taste anything. But I was determined that the next thing I ate, I was going to taste. So I think I ate everything in the house. And I stuck my nose in everything in the house because I was like, surely I'm going to smell sauerkraut. Surely I'm going to smell salsa. And there was nothing. So I didn't feel bad at all. I had the sniffles. I 
just couldn't taste or smell anything. My husband had it a little worse than that. He did run the fever and I did not. He was more congested than I was. So he was a little more fatigued than I was for two to three weeks. But I was pretty normal. I did my normal routine. I worked. I did laundry. I did dishes. I cooked dinner. I did all that normal stuff. Luckily, my two kids who live at home, I've got a 21-year-old at home doing virtual college. And I have my son who's in high school. He's a junior. He actually goes to school. And neither one of them got it. So I was thankful for that. So yeah, my experience wasn't bad. But we've helped people with St. Christopher Fund who have had the whole gamut. We talked with the Drews a few months back, you know, and their experience. And then we're going to hear from Dr. John today. And he really did have probably the most severe type of COVID, the most severe reaction to getting COVID as anybody. And as he'll share, he was in the ICU and really close to death. And I believe that you'll hear that his experience... It tells you, you've got to take this seriously. We still have to mask up. We need to go and access that vaccine as soon as possible. One of the things that's really cool about what we're about to do through this interview is that you and I walk through with them about a number of key questions that are coming up. But as we will share during the interview, and we'll share it again right here, is that COVID is something that is on the move. It's changing rapidly. What we're sharing today here in early March may be a little bit different as we get into early April. That's right. We know there's been a lot of conversation from when this started back over a year ago. Things change. We would hear one thing one week or one month and it would totally change the next. And that is still the same, to be honest with you. What we're talking about today could very well be different next month. We're just sharing what is out there at the moment, the best information that we have at the moment. Well, let's take a listen to our interview with Dr. John and Donna. We're excited to welcome to the St. Christopher Fund Highway to Hope podcast this morning, our Executive Director, Donna Kennedy, and our Volunteer Medical Advisor and Co-Founder of St. Christopher Fund, Dr. John McGilligan. Welcome both of you all this morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We want to talk about COVID-19 this morning, as well as the vaccines, the vaccine process, what we know about it, what we don't know about it, clear up some questions that people may have in relation to the vaccine. And we're going to talk about the different vaccines in general. So we're going to dive right in. Donna, I'm going to go directly to you. Tell the listeners how St. Christopher Fund is trying to help truckers get access to this vaccine. Well, as you all know, it's incredibly difficult for drivers to get any sort of health care, and getting vaccines is no different. So the St. Christopher Fund approached a number of organizations, OIDA, NATSO, ATA, NASTIC, and tried to get them to get support behind getting the vaccines to be available at truck stops across the country. So the St. Christopher Fund, I've been working with pharmacies to try to get on-site clinics set up. And it's going to be a process because the state laws are different, jurisdiction laws are different, but we really are pushing for access for drivers to be able to get the vaccine outside of their home state and to be able to get, if they choose the two-dose vaccine, to get that a second dose somewhere else, just because it's so hard to schedule 21 days from now if it's Pfizer, 28 days from now if it's Moderna how you're going to do that and make that schedule work. So we're trying to piece together the puzzle and trying to get some government agencies to get support behind the truck drivers. One, to be that you all are essential and you should be at the top of the list. And two, letting them know the obstacles that you have to get the vaccine. And that means outside of your state and that it'd be really easy for you if you could get it at a truck stop. So that's what we're working on. Well, Donna, one of the things that I saw recently was that the Biden administration has identified truck drivers as essential. So hopefully that will move things up the ranks a little bit. I sure hope so. So it does make sense. We've got the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines. You have to get both doses, but it would make sense that the Johnson & Johnson being one dose is going to be a whole lot easier for drivers and their schedules if they only have to make that one stop. Absolutely. So that's going to be a great opportunity for drivers to get vaccinated and hopefully make it as easy as possible so you can get it while you're out on the road, hopefully on those main thoroughfares where so many drivers are going anyway. So 
Dr. John, good morning. We know that you had COVID. You have been through COVID. I have been through COVID as well. Tell us a little bit about your experience and why you feel like it's important to get vaccinated. Let's put it this way. The vaccination process is something that's critical for making this world that we're in now go away, which has been just tremendously difficult on, I don't know, the profession. But I know in our business, it's, it's been very difficult to operate. My experience with COVID was very severe. I was in an ICU. I was in a coma. They didn't expect me to live. So it was much different than what people just test positive or just get fever or cough or something like that. And I spent almost a full month in the hospital. It was uh, fairly intense, and I finally got them to discharge me. I set up a home program for myself, and I got the people to come to my house and do whatever they needed to do. I had to go through physical therapy on a daily basis and do all kinds of things. And, and finally, I got off of the oxygen, I got off of the walker, got off of the wheelchair, started moving around and was able to start going to a rehab program at a physical therapy company that I've been working with for years. They work with truckers because they have 2,000 clinics across the country. We use them a lot to refer people to. They call us through St. Christopher or somebody else. If they'll take them and they're very affordable. And I worked with them for probably from mid-October till just about two weeks ago. I got better and then I took my first shot. Everything was okay. And then I took my second shot and I got really sick afterwards because there's something about the second shot and having been in an ICU that just popped up the day of me getting the shot, or I probably wouldn't have got it. So there are some issues about getting the second shot for certain people that are critically ill, and so they have to be careful. So it's good we've got the different types of shots. We've got the two-cycle, and we've got the one that's coming out with Johnson & Johnson. So I think this type of a program is something that needs to get out there to them for people they know that who they can call and trust. They can call the St. Christopher Fund, they can call Dr. Johns, they can call a whole bunch of people and we'll talk to them. It's very important that they understand what's the best thing for them. There's all kinds of things people don't know about truckers and what you got to do for truckers and the St. Christopher Fund knows more about what to do than anybody in the country as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely and we are passionate about trucker health overall and that's why we put so much time and thought and energy into our health and wellness side because we know the profession overall is a sedentary profession and we see the applications that come into us and the underlying issues and so that's why it's important to us to offer programs that are going to encourage drivers to take control of their health. Nobody can do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves so that's why it's important to us to put out these programs that are either free or no cost to drivers so they can take control of their own health and we hopefully do see a healthier driver population. I feel like there is a trend kind of moving in that direction where drivers are trying to figure out, okay, how do I change my mindset? How do I do things better? So that's a positive. And so we're excited to see that. And we're excited to be on that journey with these men and women behind the wheel every single day. So let's talk a little bit about the safety of the vaccines. They're safe. They're as good as any I've seen. There are reactions that people get, but they're very insignificant. Now, the new reaction, what they're calling the long hauler syndrome, is totally different. There are actually clinics popping up right and left. We need to get that Johnson & Johnson out there. We need to get the truckers to take it. It's a one-shot deal. It's safe. It's not going to have any more reactions than anything. The programs that you go to to get the injections, they specifically ask you, have you ever had a, an allergic reaction before? And if you have, stick around because we're going to watch it. They do it pretty consistently. The programs are pretty good for the two-shot series. I have to attend conferences every day of the week just to keep up with what's going on with COVID. And it's the most mysterious pandemic I've ever seen. Gosh, I've been in several. I mean, I don't know if you remember several years back, but I was on my way to Africa for the Ebola thing, and thank God they stopped me. Uh, one of the vaccines that's helping us out is actually a spinoff of the Ebola vaccine. 
And I wanted to ask you, there is the anti-vax element out there. You kind of hit on it like, I'm not sure I want to do this, but one, being a doctor, and two, having gone through a life-threatening situation where, as you said, you got it and almost died. Can you speak to the need, the necessity to get vaccinated? Yes, you do need to get vaccinated. I don't care who you are, get it. Now, I would prefer you get the one-shot vaccine. I've heard people are saying that the COVID-19 vaccine will give you COVID, and I wanted to just make sure that we put out there that that is not the case. The the vaccine will not give you COVID. There's no live virus. It typically takes a few weeks for your body to build that immunity after you get the vaccine, and so you could get infected with the virus just before you got vaccinated or just right after, and that's just because your body hadn't had enough time to build that protection, but the vaccine did not give you COVID. And I read this quote I thought was really fitting for this. It says, we all know that the rooster crows before the dawn, but we don't think the rooster makes the sun come up simply because they're related in time. And it's the same thing with this. My risk factors started with me when I was in the military. I really didn't have anything like being a smoker or high blood pressure, diabetes or anything like that. What it hit me was with things like having my neck broken and have a metal neck and a brain stent from getting whacked in the head when I was in the service. And so it just zapped me to where, I mean, I was out to lunch. I remember waking up on the floor at my house just briefly while they were putting me in an ambulance, and I didn't even know who my wife was. Now, the good news was it didn't affect my long-term memory, like my work I do. I can remember it like that. But it's just like I looked at certain people that I've known well, and I can't remember their names. And so then all of a sudden it comes back to me. But one thing I figured out, the more I worry about it, uh, the more I can't remember. (laughs) So I quit worrying about it. Well, one of the things, you know, about the trucking industry is that the average age of drivers is around what now, like 54, 55. So you're talking about a group that they are getting older on average, and it's a group that is exposed to a lot of people every day, and it's a group that really needs these shots. Yes, exactly. And I think the one-shot one is the way to go with them because of their risk factors, and they can get it done quickly. A couple of questions that run through my mind is, what is the effectiveness of the vaccines, and are these vaccines, we have new variants coming in they're talking about now, so it's manipulating itself, just like viruses do. Donna, can we talk a little bit about the effectiveness and about the variants of COVID as well? Yeah, it's really amazing. The Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccine vaccines all have nearly 100% effectiveness in preventing hospitalizations and death. And that's just amazing. You've probably heard the Pfizer Moderna after both doses have 95% effectiveness in preventing that moderate or symptomatic cases. And Johnson & Johnson, they're saying that's about 66% effective at preventing the moderate or symptomatic cases. Some people see 66% Johnson & Johnson, that's not as good, I don't want that. And that's not really fair. It's not really looking at the whole picture. Again, all three of them almost 100% effective in preventing hospitalizations and death. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine was tested in different settings than Pfizer and Moderna and in different places. So it was tested in the U.S., in Latin America, South Africa, and some of those variants were already starting to come up when that was being tested. So it's 66% including all these variants, but if you actually just look at the data and pull the Johnson & Johnson from the U.S. people that were in the trials, that rate is actually really similar, a lot closer to Pfizer Moderna's 95%. So it's a great vaccine and I don't want anyone to turn away from it if they hear 66 to 95 because it's not the whole picture. And I'll let Dr. John talk about the variant part. That's just what viruses do. They have a way of working with what's called messenger RNA. That's how these vaccines are made and they can get in there and jack around with it. And again, we don't know where this virus came from. So is the COVID virus, I mean, is it like most viruses? I mean, they just mutate and there are different variants. And so that's why vaccines might have to change along the way. Oh, they'll they'll definitely change. And they're not really variants. It's a normal mutation. It's like the flu thing. It changes. We used to have an A. Now we got an A and a B. Now we got an A, a B, a C, and a D. Okay, you don't hear about those other ones because they just don't have enough clout to get out there and get amongst them. It's fascinating. And I was an infectious disease guy at University every summer while I was a resident. And then when I came to Knoxville, I became the infectious disease guys for Park West because I was the only internist that knew anything about infectious disease. 
And so it's always been part of my life to look into stuff like this. What Dr. John was sort of mentioning is that the cool thing about this science behind these vaccines is the, the mRNA stuff. It's not new. It seems like it's new for this vaccine, but the science is decades old. And it really allows for the pharmaceutical makers of the vaccines to tweak what they need to if we need boosters or if they need to change if one of the variants becomes the number one that's out there. They can tweak it. So I just think it's really cool science. So we know that Johnson and Johnson vaccine obviously is one dose, so you only have to get one dose. But Pfizer and Moderna obviously have the two doses. So do you really have to get both doses? Or what if you only get one dose? Is that going to be sufficient? What kind of protection is that going to give you? Well, for instance, in my case, I should have just gotten one dose. Because what happened was is I had built up a huge amount of antibodies. I got that first dose, it reboosted what I'd already developed by having the disease. And so then when I got the second one, it really boosted it up there. So a question for you, Dr. John, is I'm hearing you talk about this. Obviously, people are curious about the vaccine. So let's say that I know that I've had COVID. That's probably mm -hmm. something I need to bring up. We want everybody to get vaccinated because that's going to eradicate this, hopefully. But as we walk through this and try to avoid a situation like you were just describing, so if I've had COVID, I probably need to bring that up with my doctor. I'm sure that's probably something that on the card that you fill out, but you definitely have to have that conversation before you have the injections, I would think. We do know that now, but I'm telling you, this is a day-by-day -day thing. So everything we've talked about today, tomorrow will change. So don't think that this is going to be etched in cement. Right now, they do say to get the full effectiveness of Moderna and Pfizer, if that's what you have access to, like don't turn it down, right? No, like get vaccinated. Exactly. And the Pfizer, you're going to get your second dose 21 days after or as close to it as possible. Moderna, you're going to get it 28 days afterward. And again, it takes about two weeks after that second dose to be fully protected. And Greg, you're asking about if you've already had COVID. Right now, they're saying you still should get vaccinated, but you're good for at least 90 days. If you just got over it last week, you don't feel like you need to go rush to get it out. You have that protection for at least 90 days. So that's kind of what the current advice is right now. And just look at your driver's license and see how old you are. That is number one. If you're 65 or over, go get it. Find somebody that's going to give it to you. We're at a time where vaccine rollout is happening. Like Dr. John said, everything's kind of rapidly changing. But can you talk a little bit more about some of the outreach that SCF is looking to do to get the vaccine out to the driver community at large? Sure. In the past, St. Christopher Fund has worked with pharmacies to have flu shot clinics at different truck stops. And so the idea was, why couldn't we do that also with COVID-19? Right about then was when the Johnson Johnson one-shot thing, where also it doesn't have to be that super cold temperature. It has a lot going for it to be able to get put out in a place like an off-site clinic. We decided we need to try to work with some groups and partner up with the different truck stops and ask them, like, do you have facilities? Do you have space available? What are the most visited sites? Maybe we get it there through the main thoroughfares where traffic is going and we can advertise there's going to be vaccine clinics here, here, and here. Right now, again, like it's just difficult because different states and jurisdictions have different phases and truckers could be in different phases by state. A couple different things where we're trying to go kind of higher level, like talk to the National Governors Association to talk to the different state governors to say, hey, can you approve truckers to get it wherever? And trying to work with the pharmacies. Right now, the pharmacies don't have specific allocation to give the vaccines just to truck drivers. We're trying to work on that piece as well. It's just a lot of moving parts. Hopefully, we'll come together sooner rather than later just so we can help get them easier access. The pharmacies will have extra or their own allocation of vaccines that they then can say, yeah, we're going to say we'll do your clinic with this site, this site, this site, and it be for truck drivers. Sounds like it's an evolving situation and something that you guys are working on each and every day. That's right. Absolutely. We feel it's really important. I mean, everything we have, including the vaccines, are truck drivers. 
They need to be protected. They've given us all that toilet paper, all those Clorox wipes, all the PPE, all the things that those of us in the industry know that our food is on the table, our clothes are on our back because a trucker brought it to us. And it really came to light, I think, across America when the pandemic hit, how essential they are. St. Christopher Fund and these other organizations, we want to protect them and thank them and think that they should be up there and have as easy as access as possible and should be top of the list to get vaccinated. You're listening to the Pod Wheels Network's presentation of The Highway to Hope, the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. In a moment, we'll get back to our feature interview with SCF Executive Director Donna Kennedy and Dr. John McElligott, the co-founder of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Right now, we would like to share some important information about SCF and how you can help support the organization's efforts. As we've shared with our listeners throughout the Highway to Hope podcast series, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund is a charity that helps over the road and regional truck drivers and their families when an illness or injury occurring within the last year has caused them to be out of work. SCF is also working to provide programs, including health and wellness initiatives that are designed to benefit professional drivers and the trucking industry. If you are a professional truck driver or a family member of a driver who is in need of assistance following an illness or injury, please visit the organization's website at truckersfund.org. That's truckersfund.org. Over its history, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund has raised more than $3 million through the generous support of donations by corporate sponsors, groups, and countless individuals who are part of the trucking community at large. As the country continues to deal with COVID-19, the need for assistance for professional drivers and their families has never been greater. SCF is continually working to grow its donor base, and you might be able to help in the effort to pay it forward through SCF. If you're interested in becoming a supporter of the work done by SCF, please visit truckersfund.org and click on the donate button. Visit truckersfund.org and consider making a donation today. Now let's go back to our feature interview on this edition of the Highway to Hope podcast on the Podwheels Network. As you'll hear, we'll be picking up the conversation on COVID-19 with Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy and Development for the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. If it's okay, I'm going to just kind of just ask you a series of questions and let you give some feedback on them. These are just kind of like, yes, you should do it, no, you shouldn't, and here's why type of questions. All right, so question one is, can I get the vaccine if I have underlying health conditions or if I'm immunocompromised? Yes, you can. Matter of fact, I've just talked to some people with MD Anderson. I send a lot of people there probably course of my career 20, 30 times. One of them is right now in that exact uh, classification. He had a brain tumor just popped out of the blue. And, and the one thing you don't do, cancer, is give up on it unless they've gone through MD Anderson, which is down in Houston. And so he went down there, and guess what? They cured his brain cancer. What, what happens with him now is he asked me about getting the vaccine, and I said, call MD Anderson. And, of course, MD Anderson said, get it because his immune system was completely wiped out because of chemo, radiation, like you wouldn't believe, but it got rid of his brain cancer, and, but he has no immune system. He has to get T-cell therapy, which is uh, one of the cells in your body that boosts your immune system. That was That's a good question. People need to answer that question. I think that every person needs to have a good doctor, and again, that's, that's hard to find. So this next question is not for me because I am definitely not in this category, but can I get the vaccine if I'm pregnant or if I'm trying to conceive or if I am breastfeeding? Well, again, that depends on what sort of shape you're in and what your doctor thinks that your immune system is good, that you have no complications of your pregnancy, there's no family history of problems, you're not got diabetes running in the family, just a whole bunch of things. Again, this boils down to talking to your doctor and say, okay, should I get in line? It's something that it's patient by patient and doctor-patient relationship and the doctor will tell them what they need to do because you've got to know that patient. You can't just make a blanket description and say, yeah, go out and everybody get it. There may be some that are worried about getting it. And if they're worried about it, then you talk to the doctor. Yeah, I agree with that. And I did see that the vaccines weren't studied in pregnant people or women that were breastfeeding. So so it wasn't studied. But then I had read that American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists did advise that most patients, again, like Dr. John saying, talk to your doctor first. But they said most patients are probably going to benefit from getting the vaccine during these times. And that benefits are going to be more beneficial to have it than not having the vaccine. Exactly. When in doubt, error on the side of caution. Like anything, we're all going to say, go and talk to your doctor if you have a concern or a question or a fear. 
go and talk to your doctor personally about your particular situation. There is no blanket health answer for not just COVID, but for any situation. So definitely go talk to your doctor about your particular health issues. Our problem with truckers, though, is that they do not have doctors. They right. don't have a doctor, and I'm constantly chewing on them all the time. See, I do talks with truckers all the time. I don't know if y'all were at the truck show, the last one I went to in Dallas, but I got up in front of the uh, FMCSA, and I said, you guys need to quit over-regulating these people, and you need to give them at least one day a month that they can go see their doctor. We know that there's different phases across different states across the country of who is eligible to get the vaccine, and we know as of right now, it hasn't been just open to anybody and everybody. Give us some information about the vaccine and kids. What do we know at this point? I mean, like you said, things can change day to day, but what do we know at this point about the vaccine in relation to kids? Right now, kids don't need the vaccine for the biggest majority of them. Now, there's probably a certain rare instance where you've got somebody at risk and possibly would need it. But then again, the vaccine, they need to be modified for the children. But right now, if you look at the kids, that have died, it's almost zero. There's been a few, but they have been people that got in the mix of things and something happened and they got COVID and died. It's very, 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 very rare. Like I said, it's almost zero. If you've got a child that you're concerned about, when they're born, they're gonna have your immune system on board, okay? In other words, you're the one that produced what they've got in them right now. And then over time, they develop their own and they build it up and they build it up. And of course, we've got vaccinations that they start getting at a fairly young age for certain things. For the most part, I'm not too worried about kids. They're not on the top of my list. Kid that has an autoimmune deficiency, then they certainly need to be looked at and discussed privately. And I will add that the Moderna vaccine has been approved for kids 18 and older, which I think is important for like college-age kids, maybe bringing it sure. back to their families. They could be yeah, asymptomatic and bring it back to their older parents. And yeah. the Pfizer vaccine is approved for kids 16 and older, and they're still doing ongoing trials right now for age 12 and up with all three vaccines. And again, I think I agree with Dr. John. It's not so much that the kids suffer and have the hospitalizations and deaths, but they can be carriers exactly. to the older population. The thing about it is, is you've got to start with the very top. The very top is number one in my book is age. Just look at their driver's license. <laughs> you can weed out a whole bunch of them. Okay, that's number one. Number two is chronic conditions. If you've got a lot of the chronic conditions, now you tell me who's got the most chronic conditions of any profession in the world, it's truckers. So chronic conditions. Number three is, okay, are you in an environment, like you said, college, this, that, that a vaccine would help other people and help with herd immunity, stuff like that. See, all those things are important. But when it comes to talking to me about people, I'm worried about the people that are going to die, number one. Number two, I'm going to talk about the people, like Donna mentioned, that are going to spread it. That's a whole preventative medicine discussion, more so than is it going to kill me and what's happening with all this disease process and stuff. It's a whole different story. It has to do with preventive medicine and it has to do with health departments. If I'm one of the people that goes and gets the vaccine, can I still spread COVID to other people if I've been vaccinated? Not after you've had time to build it back up or if your immune system didn't respond, you could still get it. I think most of the researchers are looking at Israel, who almost has 100% of their population vaccinated, to kind of answer these questions. So they're the ones that everyone's looking to because they've done it. So we're going to follow suit. And first it was like, yeah, you can probably still spread it. You might have asymptomatic, it can spread it. And now it's coming like, well, that might not be the case. So that's why the guidance right now is even if you're vaccinated, like keep washing your hands, keep wearing your mask, keep distancing until we get more people that have been vaccinated or that have immunity. And like, let's keep looking at Israel to see for sure, is that true? Like, I'm vaccinated, I can't get it. I'll tell you about Israel. They are ahead of the curve on everything. That country's amazing. Matter of fact, the president of Israel was on a talk just this morning, just about what you just said. 
So see, that's how quickly things change in this business. This changes every day. Yes, and that's why if you look in my office, I study, I take tests, I'm constantly reading, but that's what you've got to do if you're going to be a good doctor. I think it's important in this situation where so many people seem like had mistrust in the CDC and the WHO at the beginning, and as it was really starting and moving on, it's like, you don't have to wear a mask. Well, now you have to wear a mask. It's just because it was so new. I mean, it's the novel coronavirus, novel meaning new. There wasn't enough data on what it was, how it spreads, and what we can do. And so it took some months and it took some tweaks in the guidance. And that's still been going on. Like, it's going to happen just like with this. Like, what does it mean after I'm vaccinated? How long do I have to wear a mask? How long do we have to distance? And we don't have those answers yet because it is just constantly evolving. So what do we know right now? What are the short-term and long-term side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine? Nothing, really. I mean, to speak of yeah. it, except uh, kind of like what I got with the long hauler stuff. I think the short term, right, is like you might have that sight tenderness, like you got the shot. Some people maybe get a fever. Some people might have like joint pains or chills. But it's like last maybe a day. Not everyone gets it. Some people call it side effects, but it's really the response to your vaccine. It seems to differ just as greatly across people as the virus does. Some people never knew they had it. Some people have a runny nose. Some people are in the hospital. It seems like, I mean, Dr. John, you probably have more like the actual data on the numbers, but it just seems to range so much on what those short-term little... The definition of side effects is what the problem is. There's some people, they get a little red bump on their arm and they're just going crazy. That's nothing. It's going to go away. If it's something local, it's local. But now if it's something that you collapse or you have fever, then that's something totally different. So it just depends. That's why you have to have a doctor or be able to get a hold of a doctor. And that's why the St. Christopher Fund is so good because they can get to a doctor if they really need to. I mean, I've talked to more people that weren't in the program than were in the program. I want to add, too, about the short-term thing that Dr. John talked about a little bit before, about the allergic reaction concern. And those are really incredibly rare. And they will ask you at the time that you go to get your vaccine if you have ever had an allergy to any other vaccine. And like Dr. John mentioned, they're going to ask you to observe everyone for like 15 minutes after you get your vaccine. But if you marked you've had a previous allergic reaction, they're going to ask you to stay longer. And every person that's there at a vaccine site, has been trained on how to manage any kind of potential reaction if there's anaphylaxis or anything like that that there are people on site trained to help you I don't want people to be scared about that it's it's really incredibly rare to have that kind of allergic reaction and any adverse reactions you can report to the CDC they have a whole system they've made a new app called V safe like V as in vaccine safe that you can yourself report, even if it's, I had tenderness at the site and you want to report it, and then you can take it upon yourself to look to see what kind of reactions people have had. But they seem to be very mild and similar to any other vaccine. So we talked a little bit earlier about when people can get vaccinated and the states are different. Where do people go if that's their question? When can I get vaccinated? Where can I get vaccinated? Where do people go to find this information? Again, we've talked about it varies by state. And so here in Tennessee, they made a covidtn.gov site and there's a little eligibility form you can fill out. They'll tell you when your phase is and you can put in your email and your phone number and they'll send you a message when your phase is opened. So I would recommend going to your state site, Google Alabama COVID eligibility, and something should come up that you can put that in and find out when you, based on your risk factors, your age, and everything else that state is taking into consideration, when you will be eligible to get vaccinated. And it should have on there where you can get vaccinated as well, if it's at a hospital or if it's at a pharmacy or if it's at a health department. It should list on there the places you can contact. A really cool site that just came out called vaccinefinder.org. It just came out last week, vaccinefinder.org. You put in your zip code, it'll show you everywhere that vaccines are available. It'll tell you how far away it is. You can directly click from that site to try to make an appointment. It tells you if they're in stock or out of stock. You can get them at hospitals, your primary care physicians, the health department, pharmacies, 
but check that. Walmarts, Costco's, Sam's Clubs, Kroger's, all those places are opening up. So I would definitely recommend if you know it's your time or even if you want to check, look at vaccinefinder.org. Put in your zip code, see where you can go. And what about the cost of these vaccines? I mean, there's been some question about that because originally it came out and said vaccines were going to be free and they weren't going to cost people anything. What do we know about that? They're still free. It's great news. <laughs> we're going to pay for it on the back end, right, for our taxes. <laughs> but as part of the CARES Act, the vaccine is free of charge for everyone. If you have insurance, they will ask you to provide your insurance information, and then they'll try to get it covered through the insurance company. If you're uninsured, you're good. So no payment is going to be needed for you to get the vaccine at the time or afterward. There are people out there trying to scam. Give me this much and I'll get you an appointment. Give me this much and I'll get you a vaccine. Don't do that. There's no cost to you at the time of your vaccine and you shouldn't be billed afterward for the administration of it or the vaccine itself. Greg, do you have any questions that we haven't covered? Anything that's come to mind while you've been listening? I wanted to kind of wrap things up. I wanted to, again, circle back to, we have the vaccine out here, and it sounds like SCF is really working to get the word out, to try to get these resources to the front line, use all the connections that you have in the industry. Can you just talk a little bit more about that effort, about the focus, and what we can expect moving forward? Yeah, we're just going to keep plugging away, trying to stay up to date with what the pharmacies have available, trying to keep pushing and getting in contact with the state governors. Just people higher up. Let's just keep moving up the chain as much as we can to get it out in front of everyone to get on board with letting the access for truckers be easy. That means that can be across state lines and doesn't have to be, if you choose a second dose, it doesn't have to be in the same place. All those different things just have to be looked at for this population that are essentially transient. We just want to do what the St. Christopher Fund can to help them use this podcast to educate you on why you should get vaccinated and hopefully answered some of your questions about it, hopefully got rid of some myths about it. I just really want drivers to be protected. Protect yourself, protect your family, and keep doing what you do, and we appreciate you. Well, it's a lot of information, and we know it changes regularly, and we try to stay on top of that information, as does Dr. John, obviously, that we work very closely with. Thank you all for sharing so much information. It's a heavy topic right now because there is so much information. There's misinformation even out there and it is something new. And so people are trying to decide what's best for them and talk to their doctors. And so thank you both for taking time to share with our audience what we know at this time. And as things change, if there's major breakthroughs and things like that, we can come back and revisit and talk about some other things that might come to light. And so thank you both for your time. It's been great conversation. And we always encourage when you're talking about your health, if you don't have a doctor, find a doctor, have somebody you can talk to on a regular basis that knows your body and knows your health. So you can go to and ask these questions. Don't just be out there wondering or asking people that might not actually have the expertise in this area. So thank you both for taking the time. It's been a pleasure to have you on the SCF Highway to hope. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. That was Donna Kennedy, SCF's executive director, and John McGilligot, SCF co-founder and volunteer medical advisor for SCF. Appreciate their time and appreciate John's expertise bringing this information to the St. Christopher audience. It's a lot of information and we know that it changes daily and weekly. We are just excited at SCF to partner with these other organizations to hopefully bring this vaccine to the truck driving community, to truck stops where it will be convenient for drivers to get the vaccine. We know that it's difficult, especially do a two-dose vaccine. So we're hoping to continue to work with these other organizations and get this one-dose vaccine out and available. So we will keep you all updated on that. So you'll want to stay tuned for additional information on that as well. A couple things I heard from the interview was that you guys have put a laser focus on this because you understand how important it is to get the vaccine out to the driving community and in being in the industry, you understand the logistical challenges that go along with two vaccines versus the Johnson & Johnson with the one. What I'm hearing here is that you guys are really pushing hard to get that single vaccine out to the trucking community, make these things happen, and you're laser focused on it. 
Right. We're always looking for how do we help drivers on the health and wellness side. We help them financially, but the health and wellness side for us is just as important. And so we're trying to do everything we can to get this moved forward. We know that they've been recognized as an essential industry. And of course, we know they're essential. We've always known they're essential, but it has unfortunately taken something like this for maybe everybody as a whole to realize how essential they are. And they're essential getting these vaccines where they need to go. So we feel like they're important in this line of people that need to get the vaccine. But we also know the logistics of this for drivers is difficult. It's very difficult to say, I'm home this week. Yeah, I got scheduled two months ago to get this vaccine and I'm home this week to get it, but I've got to be back home in 28 days to do that. A lot of drivers can't make that happen. And so that is a burden on them and could be a deterrent for somebody that wants to get the vaccine. It could be a deterrent for them getting it because they know they can't get back there. So the one dose vaccine obviously would make it much more easy, much more convenient for these drivers to get the vaccine that wanna get it. And so we also wanna have it out there at the fuel stops where these drivers are on a daily basis on those main corridors where they're making their way back and forth across the country. So we're working hard to make that happen and to make it as easy as possible. So we're hoping that very soon we're gonna be able to announce, hey, this is what's going on. This is where you can get it and you'll be able to stop and get it at your convenience. Well, it's one of those things where stay tuned, mask up, social distance, do all those smart things. As that vaccine is available and it can happen logistically for you, make it happen. Because as we talked about at the beginning of this, we're all tired of COVID. There's COVID fatigue, but there's also hope there is hope that this thing is getting close to being over. And of course, we're on the highway to hope. And so I want to kind of change gears here and talk to you a little bit about some other things that are happening at SCF, because I know in February, you had a whirlwind happen with John Schneider. And now John Schneider has got a single out. He's got an album coming out and he's donating to SCF. Yeah, so this kind of happened whirlwind. We just happened to be connected to the right person at the right time. John Schneider is an iconic figure from the Dukes of Hazard. He is Bo Duke. And so that's how everybody just really knows him. And we all grew up with him. And he's always had this just infectious personality and smile. And so it was exciting to be able to talk to him and talk to his team and tell him who we were. He has a new album coming out. He has a new single that dropped this past Friday called Truck On. The title of the album is also Truck On. And so here's what happened. So John was out in an RV last year doing some traveling with his family and was, of course, having to stop at fuel stops to fuel and maybe spend the night and that kind of thing. And they were full because truck drivers were working last year during COVID when all the rest of us were able to be home. They were out there taking care of us. And so he's always had an appreciation for truck drivers. That's been a history with him, but it really hit him smack in the face when he saw all of these trucks sitting out there, not enough parking. They're parked anywhere and everywhere for the night to get some rest. And he was like, okay, this is really just a slap upside the head. I've always known they're essential, but this is in my face. And so he was like, I want to do something to honor these men and women. So that's what he did with this new album. It is dedicated and it is about truck drivers. When we were able to connect with him and say, hey, here's who we are, is what we do. We're a part of this essential industry. These truck drivers are all that we think about. They're very important to us. We know how important they are. And it just seemed like the perfect marriage. And so John decided to partner with us. He loves what we do and very passionate about the health and wellness side for drivers as well. And so he's donating a portion of his proceeds from the song and the album to St. Christopher Fund. The album itself drops on April 2nd. So go check it out. You can find connections to it, links to it on our social media, on his social media, or just Google it. You'll find it, but it's called Truck On. It's such a fun song. It is. It's a lot of fun to listen to. And so hopefully we'll be talking to John soon. We'd like to bring him on the Highway to Hope podcast so you all can hear directly from him and hear his passion for the driving community. And for you Dukes of Hazard fans, if you watch that video real close, you'll see the General Lee make a guest appearance about like two seconds long, but it's a cool song. 
It's a great concept. Thanks for sharing that story with us. It sounded like John was able to connect with drivers at a ground floor, see what was going on, and again, express his appreciation for the industry and what they do through the song, through the album. Exciting times and looking forward to possibly having him on in the future. I know you have some other great things that we can't talk about yet, but there are things out there that are getting ready to happen. So it's one of those things where stay tuned to all your social media channels on SCF. And Shannon, why don't you run through those for us as we close out the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. We'll have another announcement coming probably end of this month, 1st of April. So that's going to be a good one too. So stay tuned to that. You can find us, of course, on our website at truckersfund.org and then follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We do have a YouTube page. We have a TikTok page. I can't say that those two are very active, but we're working on those. We're basically anywhere you are. And of course, you can find our podcast on the Podwheels Network. You can find it on our website and across all of your favorite podcast platforms. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we close out this edition of the Highway to Hope? Oh, gosh. I just always want to say how appreciative I am to you, Greg, for partnering with us on this, for producing this podcast with me and for us. You help us reach an audience we wouldn't reach otherwise. And so it's always a pleasure. We have a lot of fun doing it. Y'all don't get to hear the outtakes on the back end, but those are a lot of fun, too. Hopefully, we'll get to do some in person before too long. Yeah. Uh, That would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Hopefully, we'll get to see people in person. A lot of the shows have been canceled again for this year, uh, but there's a couple that are still running. Maybe we'll get to lay eyes on a few people this year. So just that we miss y'all. We miss y'all like crazy. We miss seeing everybody's faces. We miss giving everybody hugs. And we are ready to get back to that very soon. Well, the interview that we had today gives us a lot of hope that those types of things that you were just talking about can happen. Absolutely. And I'm so ready. I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. And being isolated is not good for me. And so I'm ready. And the last thing we'd like to share is that we know professional drivers across this country are making it happen every day. And we talked about that in the interview. We talked about that at the beginning. You guys keep the American economy moving. And I think about that every day as we work on projects for the Pod and Wheels Network, as we work with SCF. And Shannon, I know you think about that every day as well. I do. We know how valuable drivers are. We know that they are needed. We love you all and we appreciate everything that you all do. Everything that we have is because of you all. And we know that. Just thank you. That's all I know to say. Thank you. We love you. And let us know what you all need and how we can better help you all. Once again, thank you for listening to Highway to Hope on the Pod Wheels Network. The Highway to Hope is the official podcast of the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. If you would like to learn more about SCF or would like to make a donation to SCF, please visit the organization's website at truckersfund.org. That's truckersfund.org. We'll have more new episodes of The Highway to Hope coming your way in the near future. The Pod Wheels Network is proud to produce The Highway to Hope podcast in collaboration with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. We'd like to hear from you, our listeners. Please send your questions, your comments, and your ideas for what you'd like to hear on the podcast to the following email address info at podwheelsnetwork.com. That's info at podwheelsnetwork.com. The Podwheels Network would like to thank you for connecting with us today. You can stay up to date on the latest from the Podwheels Network by downloading the Podwheels app. It's available in the Apple Store and on Google Play. Just search Podwheels in either store and download the app. As we close out this edition of the Highway to Hope podcast, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund and the Podwheels Network send our best for your continued safe travels on our nation's highways. And especially these days, as we face the COVID-19 global pandemic, remember taking good care of your health is one of the key components to staying safe on the road and staying safe at home. So with every mile you drive and during your time at home, let's stay safe and healthy out there.